This is the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast with Neil Schaefer, where I help sales and marketing professionals, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build, leverage, and monetize their influence in digital and social media. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 149 of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. My name is Neil Schaefer, and if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, this podcast is really for marketers, entrepreneurs, small business owners. We look at marketing, digital marketing, and as the name suggests, social media marketing, but we also look at a lot about the concept of influence, whether it is uh, influencer marketing for businesses or it is you yourself wanting to become more influential in digital and social media. So I try to... uh, put a unique perspective on things that maybe you can't hear on other podcasts. So I hope if this interests you, and obviously for all of my uh, current listeners, hopefully you've already pressed that subscribe button wherever you are, but I do hope that you do if you haven't. So today's episode is going to be with Lee Constantine of Publishizer. Those that know me know that I'm coming out with a new book, March 17th, called The Age of Influence. And if it wasn't for Lee, simply put, that book would never have been written. Now, I often get asked, Neil, should I write a book? How do I write a book? How do I get published? A lot of those questions I will answer in this interview with Lee. For those of you that don't know, Publishizer is sort of like a Kickstarter for authors, and it is the platform that I used to really test market, right? In the the Pat Flynn, Will It Fly? And I hadn't even, in all honesty, read his book when I did it, but I was basically doing the same thing. I was test marketing the idea. Would someone want to read a book about influence and influencer marketing if I wrote it? And boom, that led to selling already several hundred copies in advance and then eventually signing with HarperCollins Leadership, HarperCollins being one of, if not the largest publisher of business books here in the United States. So there you have it. So if that interests you, even if it doesn't interest you, I think the notion of influence and becoming an author, this is something that should interest you because... I think depending on your industry, obviously it's different, but there's still a lot of great books to be written, a lot of great books to be read, and really becoming a published author, while it may not be the same as it was 10, 20 years ago because of the advent of self-publishing, it really does give you social proof, give you authority, but more than that, it gives you something to talk about. It gives you something to give your fans, give potential clients. It is an amazing device, an amazing vehicle. And I urge every one of you to really consider it. And hopefully after listening to the podcast, you will have a better idea as to how the publishing industry really works today in 2020. Before we get to the interview, I do want to remind you that this podcast, or this episode at least, is being sponsored by The Age of Influence, my new book coming out on March 17th. Obviously, it's geared towards this audience, marketers, entrepreneurs, small business owners, you want to understand, you want to leverage, and you really want to get the most you can out of collaborating with influencers. And even if you're an influencer and you want to become more influential, I urge you to read the book as well because you're going to learn a lot about how the industry works, uh, how to better position yourself. And I do have some content in there of how and why you should yield more influence in digital and social media and you brands and businesses should as well. So if you listened to previous episodes, you would know, but if you didn't, uh, you listen to episode 144, how to do influencer marketing the right way in the age of influence. That's where I announced this uh, pre-sale campaign. The book is available for pre-order on Amazon. And if you do that and send me your receipt, and I'll put the link that gives you more information in the show notes. 
uh, you're going to get access to two exclusive webinars only for those that pre-purchase my book. One is going to be on how to scale your digital branding. I gave a preview to that on episode 148. And the other is going to be all about blogging and SEO. And this is another important type of influence that someone can yield in digital media. And uh, being a blogger for Wow, uh, almost 12 years now and having 60, 70 guest bloggers on neilshafer.com and uh, when it was called MaximizeSocialBusiness.com before that, I have a lot of insight and experience as to what I believe works and, and doesn't work in blogging and a lot of mindset that I think a lot of bloggers don't have and I want to make sure that you yield the most maximum influence you can in your blogging. So I hope you'll join me for both of those. Once again, check out the show notes for the link as how you can participate by pre-ordering the book and sending me the receipt. And that's it. Let's now move on to the interview with Lee Constantine of Publishizer. Today, this podcast is going to be all about from marketer to influencer to author, how to climb your way up the influencer pyramid by becoming a published author. I'm really excited for this episode. Uh, I get to introduce uh, a, I won't say a business partner, but he almost feels like it with uh, how much he's helped me uh, and uh, my uh, upcoming book, which we're going to talk about later in this episode as well. Uh, the one and only Lee Constantine from Publishizer. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Neil, thanks for having me. Really glad that you could have me on. Super excited for it. So, Lee, how would you describe a Publishizer? I know you reached out to me for the first time, probably October of 2017. So we've known each other more than a year and a half now. But how, how do you describe Publishizer to those that don't know anything about it? Publishizer, we've, we've evolved quite a bit over the past few years. But Publishizer, I think the best way to describe us is a, a literary agency that specializes in pre-order campaigns. We like to say crowdfunding literary agency. But yeah, we're specializing in getting authors book deals, a lot of commercial nonfiction, fiction, YA, like it really spans across the board, but we're really pretty strong in topics like yours, you know, business influence. Yeah. Commercial nonfiction. Just to get back to that point. So a literary agency, I think there's a lot of people that are listening that let's take a step back, right? I, and it's funny because I describe a publicizer differently, as you can imagine, uh, not being the CEO and founder or head of growth and founder. <laughs> so let's take a step back uh, and then we'll get into sort of how publicizer works. I know a lot of people are very curious, but let's take a step back into book writing. Uh, and we both agree that every professional, you know, we always say, hey, everybody has a good book in them to write, right? Based on their own experiences. And I think we're getting to the point now with personal branding the democratization of influence that really every professional should write a book. And I think we both agree about that, but we, you know, what's your take on that Lee? Why, why do you think everybody listening here uh, should go out and maybe sign up to publicizer with a book idea and, and, and sort of test the waters? I mean, that's, that's a really good question. I mean, there are many reasons why, you know, a professional should write a book, right? And I'll give the, I'll give the big one. Um, I mean, number one, uh, a book really helps you spread your message. I mean, as a professional that wants to become an expert or you're becoming an expert, experts typically have unique methodologies and formulas or really unique insights Yeah, that allow them and others to achieve success. So putting this in book form is a really credible medium to spread that message further, right? That's, that's probably the first and most important. Uh, the second one I, I typically say is credibility. 
a book does help establish you as a thought leader or an influencer or however you want to describe that, uh, especially a really good book. So a really good book that people love reading, they want to share with others. It does a lot of things to establish you and your brand as a thought leader. And it makes people want more uh, of what you have to say. So you could say, Neil, that maybe this is the, the beginnings of influence or this is influence, um, but this stuff becomes more difficult to obtain without that credibility. Third thing is it's really a step towards building your career or your personal brand, I would say as an author. And a lot of, most influencers are also authors. So a book is not a means to an end. It's a stepping stone to some bigger things. Maybe you have many book ideas and this is your first book and you're establishing yourself, you're getting readership or you're becoming a speaker and you want to increase your speaking fear or whatever it is, uh, a book really allows you to do that. Lee, those are all uh, great answers. I, I guess from my perspective and experience, you know, I, I think of a book as a business card. So if you have aspirations, if you want to, if there are places you want to go with, with your career, with your life, I, I think that book is going to be the best way to help you get there. And I think what a lot of people forget about is when you write a book, it's really the process that generates uh, a lot of great things for people. So, you know, do you have the passion to write a book about a subject that you think you're an expert on or, or something that you want to become an expert on? And I, I think just going through that process, you're going to realize gaps in your understanding, potentially. In the process, you might have the ability to, to do some research that you might not have thought of doing before. You're going to cover insight. You may want to reach out to experts, and it, it gives you a reason to reach out to experts and actually engage with them. And at the end of the day, uh, as you start telling people that you are writing a book, uh, it leads to further engagement from your community and maybe from people at work. So I, I really do think it's an amazing vehicle. Obviously, at the end of the day, you'll have an achievement, which is a published book, which is going to stay with your professional brand forever. Uh, so, you know, I know that a lot of people listening to this, if you are a solopreneur, it's a no-brainer because it is that business card. If you own your own business, small business owner, what have you, it's a no-brainer because it's a business card. Uh, but even if you don't, there are enough reasons to have it to really differentiate yourself in the market and make yourself uh, an entity that people want to work with, want to hire, want to do business with that'll last throughout your entire career. I can't speak highly enough about it. You know, I started writing books. My first book I wrote back in 2009 when self-publishing was very, very uh, early on. And I wrote it because I was in transition and I'd already started blogging. So why not put it in a book format, get it out there in the world? And it's so easy to do now, right? And, and that's, that's where publishers are really helped me in that this obviously is 10 years later. But if you're a first-time author or first-time book writer, just the exposure you get to all sorts of different people that can help you along that journey was pretty incredible. So, so yeah, uh, you know, at this point, really, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already thinking about writing a book. And my job, and I, I would assume Lee as well, is really to get you to that stage where put it in an idea, put it in a, in a plan, and at least get it up there and publishize your test market. And that's exactly what I did. And we're sort of jumping ahead to what we wanted to talk about uh, later on. So let's take a step back now, uh, Lee. So, you know, we, we talked about why everybody should consider writing a book. A lot of people listening to this podcast want to become more influential in, in what they do. And I think all of us would rather carry more influence than less influence. So how, as an author, as you start writing the book, even if it's not published, how, how do you think... Uh, and, and why do you think authors begin to yield that influence? This is actually a pretty nice segue into what you were mentioning earlier about 
there, there's a lot of ways, first of all. But like you said, Neil, like when we started writing this proposal, it really makes you hone your message and what really is this idea, right? Because you could be writing pieces of content, you can be blogging, you can be on podcasts, you can be doing a lot of things that don't necessarily bring you traction or awareness or thought leadership or even help build influence, right? So one is when you start writing this book proposal, like you mentioned before, yeah, it really forces you to bring the book from an idea into something that's really tangible into something that, okay, makes a lot of sense. Who is the book for? What other books are out there are like this? Are they complimentary? Are they competing? How do you position this? Where is this going to fall? How are readers going to take this? And like, really, why do you as an author make this unique? So that applying to a book is super important. And then the writing process is another step that you take. And that really falls in line with how you start yielding this influence as an author, right? Because, you know, Neil, as you like, once you have something that people want more from, once people want to hear what you have to say, that's when you start developing an influence. So you know exactly the value that you can bring to the table. Once you have that as an idea, there are so many ways that you can basically start yielding influence, but there are like very few surefire ways, right? I mean, you could be great at, like as an author, you'd be great at book tours and you can command an audience and sell tons of books, but that's really difficult. And a lot of people don't do that well. But what does work well in the book phase is, at least in my experience, is one, it's a really great book. So if it's well edited, it's very marketable, and it's usually backed by a publisher that can help you get it out there. Once you have these things in place, you basically have to be able to promote that message, sell the book, and actively building your brand, your email list, your influence around the idea. And then you use other mediums, like you speaking, get on podcasts, do blogging. A lot of these things contribute to one, influence as an author, but influence as you as a brand with a book being one of your products. So there, there's a lot that goes into it and you have to choose what works for you. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people forget is sort of human psychology that, oh, you've written a book. Uh, it just, it completely, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you've probably felt the same, but even today, even in the day of, you know, millennials and Gen Z, even my kids, you know, talk about my books, right? Like, you know, their friends like, oh, your dad's a published author. He's famous, yeah. you know, these, these fourth graders. So uh, it really is evergreen that you have something published. Therefore, you're perceived as an expert. And it's funny with, with social media and when I work with businesses and my advice to all my clients is if you were to have a targeted approach, right? If you were, and it's funny on my blog today, in fact, I should read this to you and I think I will. Uh, and this is just an example let me read this to you because this speaks to a lot of what, what a book is about and why you yield influence. And this was a comment, and you can actually see it on my blog post, The Definitive Guide to Instagram Affiliate Marketing. And so a friend of mine has an Instagram account where she posts pictures related to architecture. The pics she posts are all selected from different websites, i.e. none of the pictures are hers. This is an example of curated content, right? And I have seen people write books purely of interviews with other people. I don't, I don't know if that's right for everybody, but it has been done, right, Lee, where you ask for yeah, submissions for sure. from experts. So it's the same concept or on Twitter of just sharing other people's content, right? She usually mentions the website where the picture came from, though she often doesn't know the name of the photographer. As the pictures are carefully selected, right, this is the value of content curation, but this is also the value you as an author bring when you have your, your own unique perspective to uh, whatever angle you're covering about a different subject. She already has almost 300,000 followers, and she intends to monetize the profile by using some of the techniques you guys teach. Now, the question was about copyrights. What are the precautions she should take? And my, my response was simply, please, uh, you know, uh, hire a lawyer to answer those questions for you. But, but that is an example, right, of someone who had a very targeted approach 
of sharing content or publishing content about a very, very specific subject matter, a niche, as we like to call it. And from that, they were able to yield influence, build a community, get more views because they were seen, perceived as an expert on the subject. If you were to, I'm going to throw this out there. If you were to write a book on something, you would be perceived as an expert on that. Now, this is my own story. Lee, uh, you'll remember we started talking and it's like, hey, Neil, you have any book ideas? I'm like, well, I got a few book ideas, right? I always have book ideas because I have this, for those that know me, I have this unfinished Twitter book, which I still have. So, I, you know, I have this Twitter book. Uh, I want to uh, write a new uh, LinkedIn book, which is going to be more about the social selling side of LinkedIn, sort of a revision of another book that I wrote back in the day. And then I have the topic of influencer marketing. There's also the topic of employee advocacy that I, I still think is a great book to be written about. And uh, Lee, we agreed, let's go for influencer marketing. I thought that would be the most relevant as well. So, you know, I wasn't an expert per se. There are people that have been blogging about influencer marketing for several years. There are books that have been written about influencers. Sure, I had been hired as an influencer. My agency worked with influencers, but it wasn't, you know, I, I hadn't really written much content about it other than the work I did from my clients, as well as how I taught it to executives at, at universities that I teach at. So, but I threw the idea out there and this is what Publisher was great for. Obviously, I hope that everybody who looks at Publisher would actually want to go through the process and, and complete it and write a book. But, you know, my book, uh, The Business of Influence, which would be called The Age of Influence when published, was really about a test market of an idea. Would people be interested if I wrote this book? But as I threw it out there and as I promoted it, people started to see me as an expert in the space. Right. It's, this is human yeah. nature. The same reason why that architecture, you know, profile on Instagram has 300,000 viewers or other people have been able to create and my clients have been able to create communities uh, from just publishing content about a specific niche or subject. It is the same concept. So now I'm speaking about influencer marketing. I'm being asked of uh, pretty famous publications in the space for my advice on influencer marketing. Obviously, as you write the book and do more research for, for your knowledge gaps, you do become an expert. I mean, you focus on one subject. That's, that's really what expertise is all about. So Lee, uh, you know, maybe that's just my experience, but I'm assuming that that's relatable, uh, especially for nonfiction, for a lot of other authors. Are there, are there any authors you work with, Lee, that have similar stories or any other uh, you know, perspectives that, that you can discuss here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think you hit on a lot of stuff right there, but I think the biggest thing is it's choosing something that you want to be an expert on because if the book is successful, that is what you're going to be known for. And then the big one is consistency. You choose something that if someone is like, people are talking about influence and, and social media and stuff like this, but you know, if you're consistent with it and you build a community, that's when you start developing the expertise and people want more of that content. So it makes it difficult you know, to write your book on Twitter or it makes it difficult to write on something else. So you got to kind of go with the wave of influence sometimes. And that's half of what being a thought leader is, is asking yourself what topic or area of expertise that you want to be known for that you think you can provide value to, and then start sharing content and information to people who are looking for that expertise, gain clients and partners and endorsers in that same space. You build a community, you build a following email list, a platform, whatever you want to call it. And then you create a book around that. And it has to be for your readers. It has to be for your community. Uh, you have to make the book about them. You do not make the book about you, for instance. Neil, this is not a book about Neil Schaefer. It's a book about how people can build influence, right? That's not how you build influence in, in leadership. Usually, you know, unless you have a million followers and you're, you're famous on TV, people don't want to hear about you per se. They want to hear from you and what you can do for them. So that is the best way to, I guess, 
develop a book content. And, you know, yeah, like you said, a lot of the authors that I work with kind of had this, this good idea. They had a line to what they want to become an expert in. And then they used everything that they've already been working on. For instance, you know, we work with a lot of commercial nonfiction, of course, speakers, coaches, people who run retreats, people who do, are doing client consulting services who have an expertise or people that are founders in a really niche area or they're a nutritionist or they're in health, but they have a unique methodology. So being able to bring these into validation, you mentioned validation as well. So, you know, you can offer coaching packages or, or workshops to sell your book or to get people interested in your book or, or vice versa. I know I've worked with somebody that was a chef and they offered cooking classes or products like aprons or partner products in order for people to buy their book, join their community, and they push out more information. I've worked with podcasters who offer special guest spots. I've worked with screenwriters who offer writing lessons, tons of unique things that people can do to build your brand, utilize it to sell your books. And then the last point that you made, Neil, was, was pretty important. And it's really about validation. A lot of times authors spend three to six months on writing their book and they say, this is such a great idea. I have a full manuscript. And then they go try to sell it or then they go try to pitch it to an agent or a publisher and it gets rejected. That it, it doesn't really work very well. You're, you typically get rejected or for some reason people, it's not connecting. So sell your book, utilize these things, validate this message before you, know, you take time creating this huge piece of content. It's a really lean method for getting a book out there. Uh, and that's really, again, the basis for, for what Publishizer does these pre-order campaigns. Yeah, Neil, exactly. You went through all this stuff, but. And, and then, you know, two points I wanted to make based on what you were saying, you know, number one is that at the end of the day, I talk about LinkedIn profiles are not about your past, but about the future you want to create. It's, it's an inbound marketing tool, right? So in a similar way, your book becomes an inbound marketing tool. Where is it that you want to go? So if there is something you want to sell, uh, your book should be obviously related to that. So, you know, a great uh, case in point uh, on my previous podcast episode, I had a gentleman named Adrian Sal- Salumanovic, and hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Adrian, don't know if you're listening, but uh, Adrian had, you know, he was a, he was basically a, you know, a, a startup investor. He had, you know, he had successfully launched a few companies and what he ended up doing was uh, he did a lot regarding PR. He was able to get a lot of free PR. And so he decided, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to create a program that's going to help small business owners and entrepreneurs get free PR like I did. It's a perfect example. So he wrote the book called Free PR. And, uh, you know, if you go to freeprbook.com, you'll see that he actually has a program. He offers consulting. So it's all related around the book. And this is why I think if you want to write a fiction book, go for it. I don't know how it's going to help you yield influence for your professional career, though, right? It might help differentiate you. It might be an interesting, you know, ice-breaking conversation topic at a party. Uh, but it's, it's really that nonfiction. It's really thinking, okay, if I had a book out on this subject, what would it do for my career? What would I do? What would it do for my business? You know, my thing with influencer marketing is I always create content. I'm a little bit unique, but I, I create content based on customer demand. And I realized that influencer marketing was the single biggest area that I was getting the most questions on, yet the least number of good answers or answers that I would think were good really existed in the market. And it's similar with why I wrote Maximize Your Social six years ago. It was all about social media strategy, social media ROI. That was the number one question I got. It just wasn't clear. 
in, in, until I wrote that book, and then it became clear. So I'm hoping with influencer marketing, the age of influence, uh, it becomes the same way. But you got to think of the book as the vehicle. Where do you want it to take you? And at the end of the day, what are you going to offer? At, when people buy the book and they want a piece of you, they want they want to hear more from you, they want to get more advice from you. How are you going to deliver on that? And that's something I think that's critical to think of beforehand. But you know, the the other part is it is the vehicle. So even if you do a test market, and you were saying. You, you write a manuscript and then you get rejected. At the least, if you test market and if you promote it and if you don't get whatever book sales you were looking for, you will have created some great content. You will have probably made new connections. You would have yeah. deepened connections with your community. So there's no, there's no bad to it. And in fact, in doing so, you're going to learn a lot about the subject and a lot about yourself. And it, it's like every entrepreneur will tell you, you, you fall down nine times and, and the 10th you're successful. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk saying, I fucking hate losing. I hate, uh, no, I love losing. Sorry. I love to fucking lose, right? Uh, it's the same thing. With every failure, you get that much closer to success. And I think every entrepreneur will, will tell you that. But, but uh, any, any, other, uh, any other advice on, on, on top of that, Lee? It's, it's content, right? I mean, you're, you're always testing things out. Even if you have no intention of writing a book, you're pushing content out and you're basically testing, you're validating that this content is going to be, is going to resonate. It's going to be received well. I mean, I remember I had, it was more common, I guess, maybe 10 years ago. It, it's not as common anymore, but blogging was huge, right? And, and not only that, people started getting a lot of traffic and millions of followers and people write books based on the traffic of, of their followers and publishers wall for book deals and stuff like that. Dave Kirpin, tons of traffic and likes on his LinkedIn articles. He just put them in together into a book and it sold like crazy. Mark Manson, you know, a million subscribers, turned it into a book. He was, I think he was top of the charts for like really long. So that is a common way to test it out and then turn it into a book later. Usually these days, I think it's done the all the way around. You want to write a book on it. You're, you're testing some things out, but you don't get massive subscribers. Uh, and that's just one medium. So like for, if you're doing speaking, for instance, I mean, if you can get speaking gigs, that's great. You get in front of a lot of people. And if you're lucky, maybe half the people like we have to say, and then follow you. And if you're lucky, if you start getting, doing podcasting and blogging, if you're lucky, 10% of them like you. And then you can sell them your book and, and all this stuff. So you basically start gaining percentages of people that like what you have to say and then say more of that. And I think that's just the starting of how you not only build a book, but how you start building your personal brand, your leadership, your influence, all these things are always working together at all times. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't really cover that concept of, of influencer or influence uh, in, in more detail. But if you want to yield more influence, if you think, why are people listening to this person? They should be listening to me. Uh, you obviously need content. You, you have to have something to say and, and you need to get out there and you really do need to build that community. I mean, Dave Kirpin's able to do that because he has this huge community, right? And Gary Vaynerchuk as well. He could write a book every year and he'd, he'd sell a million yeah. copies of each book, I'm sure. So, and what's interesting is that the paradigm shift with publishers marketing your book to publishers be more of distributors and facilitators. And at the end of the day, it's really up to you as a, as a new author to market your own book. And I think this is probably universal at this point, right? So where, even if you're working with a publisher, you still sort of have to have that mentality that you're a self-published author. You need to market the heck out of your book. Uh, you know, you need to be your best advocate in anything in life. So, and that's going to start with having that community. So you, you do definitely, if you really want to be successful with this, uh, you could create a community from the book. It'll take a little bit longer. But ideally, I think, Lee, and, and you probably have the same opinion of this, when publishers are looking to work with authors. So 
to, to explain the publishizer process, you put together a book plan, you then upload it and you accept pre-orders for your book. And you can be, you know, my book was 25% done when I started my, my publishizer campaign and in full transparency, right? You, you put the information up, you throw it out there and you see what sort of uh, interest your community might have in buying that book, right? So, but when publishers start reaching out to you, they're going to be looking at how much traffic does your blog get? How many followers do you have on Twitter? How many followers do you have on you know, LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram? How many times do you speak publicly throughout the year? Because speaking is a great way to push books in quantity. Even if the organizer doesn't want to buy your books, just having your books there and being able to sell 5, 10, 25 copies, whatever it is, right? So that's why if you really want to be successful at this and you want to become an influencer either way, you really do need to build that platform. You need to find your niche, which is going to be based on your experience, ideally, and your passion. And you need to start creating content. And that content, and you know, I don't know if Dave uh, Kirpin actually went through and analyzed his LinkedIn post, which ones did better or worse. But you know, as you have content, you begin to get data, right? What is my community interested in? What is what is a hot topic just based on number of comments or shares or, or your Google Analytics, how much traffic you got? Uh, and then from there, you, you slowly begin to build this community as you begin to become a more active publisher of content. And it's just a matter of, you know, writing the book is just an extension of that. And I think it's an important step that a lot of people miss. Um, Lee, I mean, I've talked to other authors in the publishizer, you know, community, people that are, they're top of their game professionally. And they're like, I'm going to write a book. And they just never build a platform. And I think that that platform, and it's obviously the word of, of, of Michael Hyatt, yeah. a great book, but I think that every author, every professional, I think really needs that to support them, whether it's just a, you know, two or 300 LinkedIn connections that can help you find your next job uh, or friends on Instagram, they're going to like up your post. We all need to have that support here, you know, today in, in social media. The, the P word, the platform word. I and mean, that, that gets tossed around with books a lot just because that's one of the things that publishers love to have in order to, to sell a book. And that's what sells books. But platform is, is super important to have, even if you don't write a book, because this is basically what you're, how you build your, your business or how you're building your community or how you're building your brand. So these things that publishers look for with the platform are, yeah, your, your, your Instagram followers or your Twitter followers or followers are a big thing or your email list or your page views, like you said, or your, your blog followers, all this stuff is, important because it's indicators. It's indicators when referring to a book, it's indicators that you can talk to consumers and your followers in a way that gets them to engage with you and possibly sell your book later on. Knowing that you need to do the marketing for your book is one thing, but knowing how is like a completely different story. Uh, It takes strategy. It takes commitment to build a platform to market your book. And that is always, yeah, like you said, Neil, it's the responsibility of the author. Authors should know that they need to sell their books. They're committed to their own success. No one's going to sell your book for you. And then when I say these indicators like 20,000 followers on Twitter, yes, it looks very nice, but social media isn't always the strongest platform to sell your book. It's just an indicator that you can develop relationships to sell that book to in another format, like maybe an email or through a personal message. Like that's how you get stuff done. That's how you build a platform for real. And that's how you sell books. These other things, these platforms, again, uh, just indicators of, of the strength of, of your relationships. Yeah. And, and that's really a great point. As an author if, if, or as an influencer, and I, I really see being an author as, as you know, a, a type of influencer. But it, it's funny. I'm, I, I'm about to record a podcast episode about Pinterest. And you have all these people on Instagram that you have a lot of influence 
But at the end of the day, what businesses want when working with influencers, like what publishers want when working with authors, is they want sales. They want conversions. They don't want likes. They don't want comments. Uh, they want to see people that actually buy stuff. And Instagram as an e-commerce platform is still a little bit limiting, but you have other platforms like Pinterest that probably, you know, if you're an Instagram influencer talking about certain subjects, uh, those subjects probably do really, really well on Pinterest and people buy by clicking from Pinterest to a site. So why aren't more influencers on Pinterest? But let's take a step back even further. Why don't a lot of these influencers have their own website? So this to me, I, when, when writing my book, I, I just feel there's a lot of fake influence out there, you know, buying a fake followers, buying a fake engagement. And when I see an influencer that doesn't even have their own website, it really, you know, makes me question their credibility that they just pop up on Instagram, buy fake followers and fake engagement. So it looks like an influencer, right? So I think the website serves a lot of different issues, but it's really uh, the email list that is also that other critical component. You know, social comes and goes. The social networks control the algorithms. You may be getting a lot of likes on Instagram today. There's no guarantee that happens tomorrow. Um, but really the website where you bring people back into your brand and your home, and then obviously your email list where you can stay in better touch with people. These are the things, the other two pieces outside of social and probably the two most important pieces that are going to help you sell your book and, you know, believe it or not, help you yield influence because you know, at the end of yielding the influence, if you want to work with businesses as an influencer, or if you want to sell more books, uh, you need to be able to contact people. And you can't send direct messages to all 100,000 of your Instagram followers or all of your 30,000 LinkedIn connections. I mean, you can one at a time. Um, and that's really where that email list and the website and, and staying in better touch with people. And if you're not on social, you're not searching the web, you're reading email even today, even younger generations. So that, that's always been my advice. And, and yeah, you're, you're rightly, it's not just about social. Social does not necessarily convert that well. But either way, you really need to have a community, no matter where they are in, in, in what medium. But I, I would recommend, I mean, if you're writing a book and you have content, you could be blogging teasers of that content from your website. Uh, and obviously sharing it over email to those that may want an update on it. Because if you send out something on LinkedIn or on Facebook or, you know, whatever platform, only X percent of your community are ever going to see that post anyway, right? So a, a lot of things to consider. I don't want to like overwhelm our, our listeners of all the stuff they have to do. But if, you know, if you really want to go about it the right way, that would definitely be the recommendation there. And I think that uh, obviously uh, publishers really look at websites and, and they really want to know, hey, what sort of email list do you have? It's, it's probably something that's going to come up in, in negotiations, I assume. At some point, at some point. All right. So, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. Let's get to finding a publisher for your book. So, and let me take one step back because this is advice. I get asked about this a lot, Lee. So part of my interviewing you is also me having a place to provide my advice on the subject. But, you know, if you want to write a book, most books are, four, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lee, 40 to 60,000 words. So let's just take 60,000 words. This is 5,000 words, 12 chapters. So if you can divide, you know, what are the 12 main things you want to tell someone in a book or about your experience, whatever it is? you know, 12 bullet points underneath those bullet points based on those things you want to talk about. What are the three important things to consider when, when talking about those points? So you have 12 bullet points, you have three sub bullet points for each chapter and you're looking at creating like, you know, four to 5,000 words or even like 3,500 to 5,000 words per chapter. And that's how you divide and conquer. And if you have blog posts that fill in some of the sub points, great. If not, you create new content, you block out a day a week, a few hours a week, a Sunday a week, whatever it is, and you do it. Uh, and this has been always been my process. It's it depends on different for different people. For me, it's been two to three months. Uh, if I if I'm in the zone and I'm really focused, I I'll be able to write that book. But it's not 
impossible. It's something that I think everybody can and should do. So, so you have the book idea, you upload it to Publishizer, you're talking about it with your community, you're starting to gauge interest, you're seeing if people would spend 15, 20, $25 to actually pre-order a book that has yet to be finally written. And then once you're on Publishizer, you start to get a lot of emails from a lot of different people. Some are publishers, uh, many are publishers that you may have never heard of. There's also you know, hybrid publishers, there's self-publishers, there's vanity publishers, there's people that say, hey, I can help you with your editing, I can help you with ghostwriting, I can help you with you know, all, all of the graphical layout, I can help you design good book covers, I can help you PR about your book. So now in 2019, I don't wanna age this podcast because this is really evergreen content, but you have a whole ecosystem of service providers. You know, When I started self-publishing back in 2009, that just did not exist, but now, after a decade that it's easier than ever. But now how do you go about, I mean, the, the, the real question is, how do you sort of navigate that and decide on the, uh, the best way to find a publisher for your book? And we can talk about, you know, furthermore, what sort of publisher should you work with? And Lee, I know that's your expertise, but you know, Lee, from my perspective, and I think you'd agree, if you're looking to get a publisher for your book, you're either going to self-publish, and if you want to self-publish, go to Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing, Boom, you're self-published. It's, it, it's not hard to do, right? Or you're going to go the, the ancient route of sort of, you know, working with an agent and writing a proposal and, you know, pitching it. Or you are going to independently reach out to publishers that may or may not know you and, you know, try to find acquisition editors. And that's a really hard route to go. Or, you know, in the middle of this big space, that's where I see publishers, right? as why, you know, this is the inbound marketing way to publish your book, in, in essence, because there's so many publishers, now that Publishizer has gotten so big, so many publishers are, are monitoring and watching Publishizer and seeing how many pre-sales people get, seeing the interest. Whether you decide to self-publish or work with a major publisher like, with, like HarperCollins, like I'm doing, it gives you the most flexibility to decide what you want to do with your book. And it gives you that exposure to publishers, so you don't necessarily have to work with an agent, although there might be instances where you want to, but you don't have to, and you may not have to go out and, and seek the advice of, of acquisition editors because all these acquisition editors are actually coming out and talking to you. So Lee, um, would you agree that's sort of the landscape today of what's possible and, and that great niche that Publishizer fits? Yeah, that, that was pretty great. Thanks, Neil. I would say just adding on top of that is typical route to a publisher. If you're not going to go self-publishing you're going to go to traditional, right? And the typical way to do that, yeah, is, is you want to seek an agent or you just start querying these publishers directly, which requires a really great book idea. It requires a book proposal because that's what they use to say yes or no, I don't want to work with you. What is super, I don't want to say depressing, but it's uh, about 96% of every book proposal ever. And there are millions every single year that are getting rejected by, by agents, by publishers for numerous reasons, which I can get into. But a lot of times you need these indicators. You need these indicators that say, okay, beyond the idea and the proposal, can you as an author sell your book once I decide that this is a good path? So it takes a lot of prep work. You have to know what you have to do. And that's part of what Publishizer does as well. So agent is one. The second one is you just build such a great influence and you have publishers discovering, discovering you and asking you to publish without an agent. Better yet, you get two publishers to discover you and you can choose the best one, right? Difficult, but rare, but it, this is happening quite often or often enough. So yeah, Publishizer, how we fit into all of that is we're working with a lot of publishers, traditional and non-traditional, but 
no matter what, is you're going to start marketing your book. You're going to start selling your book when you're published, no matter what. Uh, whether you self-publish, whether you go with a traditional or non-traditional publisher, Publishizer basically helps you form a good book idea. We have to write a great proposal that we think can sell to our partners at a traditional level because you can always go with non-traditional no matter what. Uh, and then you're going to basically start selling your book ahead of time. So you're going to start reaching out to people to sell copies of your book to basically validate that you can sell. And then this actually makes a very strong sell for Publishizer to get you a deal. So in that fashion, we're acting as your agent, but we're not rejecting book ideas. We're helping you basically prove that you can bring traction to this book idea because typical traditional agents reject books for many reasons. One is uh, they simply don't like the book idea. Subjectively, they don't like the book idea and they're going to reject a really great book idea. That author is going to get discouraged and go and self-publish. Second, they don't have the network behind them to publish your specific book, even though, again, it could over here get a really great publishing deal and get traction. But that agent just is going to reject it. All right. Again, you get discouraged and go and self-publish. So we kind of take a different trajectory besides rejecting authors and saying, let's help you prove that this book is, is worthy. And then no matter what, if we don't get you a big deal, there's all these other types of really fast growing independent publishers who can help get your book out there further. So that's really, you know, how we decide to, to value Publishizer as a platform and help a lot of authors from first time authors, fiction authors to established commercial, commercial business authors. It, it's a wide range of authors and, and publishers are always looking uh, at the platform. Yeah, really, uh, I know that, you know, we began this conversation. I think that the platform, you, we started with you describing Publishizer as an agency. I really consider Publishizer to be the Kickstarter for authors, yeah. right? And there really is no other platform like it. So, and I, you know, I also want to remind people that want to write a book, Lee, maybe you know an updated figure. What is the average number of books that a self-published author sells? And I want to see if your yeah. number is the same as mine. Yeah, I'm curious on this. It's always changing, but the, and this is a, such a common question, right? And you know, for me, like the, and I just use Amazon, the average amount of books sold by the, uh, the average self-published author I have 250. Neil, I don't know what you have. I have, I have 250. Oh, I have 50 books is the number I heard. Yeah, so in other words, right, most authors do not sell that much. But so that, that's the other thing. If you get it up on Publishizer, you only sell 50 copies. You've already, you're already at the average. average, right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there's yeah. so many people who get, hey, I'll get it up on Amazon. It'll sell tons. Well, it doesn't work that way, right? You, you need to do the work and you need to have that community behind you. So, um, you know, that's, like I said, for every aspiring author, you need to really go out there and, and, and engage and, and build that community, become an influencer in your industry. That's going to be a dedicated chapter uh, in my upcoming book, The Age of Influence. And I also plan to start a mastermind for those of you that pre-ordered through the Publishizer campaign, there was this mastermind uh, for the business of influence, how to yield more influence. And I think that's, that's going to be critical, you know, now and going forward. But, you know, getting back to uh, obviously using Publishizer and the other uh, avenues that you can use to be able to decide, you know, what type of publisher to work with or how to find publishers. Let's take a step back again. And Lee, can you sort of help me navigate or help our listeners navigate the landscape of the different types of publishers that exist? And I know that, you know, on, on Publishizer, almost every type of this publisher exists and reach out to authors. But can you sort of talk about all the different publishing options that, that you know, things like hybrid publishing and, and what have you? If you're not going to self-publish and you choose to go towards like a more traditional path and get a publisher, there's really two options that you have. One is a traditional publisher and the other is a non-traditional. So traditional is like the big five, like Penguin, HarperCollins, you know, all, all the big groups out there that have a lot of distribution. 
also in traditional is fast growing independence. They're not a part of these big five groups that you typically are, are know about. Really great value to authors. They do high level editing, they do a big pad advances, and they get you into distribution, into, resource, into retail bookstores. That's what you want as an author. That's kind of an ideal scenario. The non-traditional is yeah, hybrid publishers. There's usually a, a small front cost or there's a, a purchase requirement, but they will still publish your book, get your book out there further. They're going to help you sell more than 50 copies. So you're, it is a better option and you have the support uh, that you wouldn't have on your own. Uh, and then you have some service publishers, people who are just doing pay me a service fee and I'll, I'll publish your book. So there's a lot of varying degrees of publishers and what they bring to the table, but it depends on a couple of main factors in terms of which ones you can work with. It's quality of idea. It's these indicators that you have an author platform is always something they ask for, but it's not always a deal breaker, right? If HarperCollins is going to offer publishing for anyone that has 10 K followers in the book, the book is super important, but sometimes the book idea trumps followers. If you have 200 people on an email contact, but your book idea is amazing and you're showing potential to, to grow yourself. Yeah. There, there's a book deal in play for you. So this is why publishers is able to get so many different types of publishing deals instead of an agent only going up to deals that can get a high paid advance. So yeah, don't discount any type of publishing deal. Anytime you can get someone to support your book, partner with you, get this thing out there in a way that you necessarily can't do on your own. It's really big added value. And there are tons of details that I simply, there's too many details in publishing to go over, but at a broad high level, I think this is, yeah, it's good to know. Yeah. And I think it's going to come down to, do you want to self-publish or do you want to work with a publisher? Now I've done both. My first two books self-published, my last one with Wiley and this next one with HarperCollins. So two of those, you know, big five or big seven, however you want to count them, big publishers I work with. They're traditional, it, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's, for me, I like the idea of partnering. I like the idea of having alliances. And I see a publisher as a partner. I don't see a publisher as someone that's going to do everyone, any anything and everything for me. But you know, it, it leaves the questions out of the process. Is this editor the right person to be working with? Should I hire a separate proofreader? Should the colors of my design, is this really going to sell? Because obviously book design, is, book cover design is very important as well. Uh, it just, you know, I'd, I'd rather work with a team of experts and share the profits with them so that I can focus on the content and the promotion. Now that's me. Everyone's going to be different, but that's why even if I wasn't able to work with a traditional publisher and it was a non-traditional independent yeah. uh, type of publisher that is not as well known, maybe not have, have as good of a distribution, at the least what those publishers should help you work with is, is editing, obviously, you know, copy editing, hopefully some development editing, proofreading, book cover design, the graphic layout, the distribution. And there's obviously going to be some promotion that's going to depend on the publisher, but I mean, that's a lot of work, right? And that requires money. So even if you want to do it yourself, you're still going to be project managing someone and you're always going to be wondering, is that, is that the right quality? Where, we, you know, when you work with a publisher, all those people that provide the services are vetted. So that's why I prefer the publisher route. And some of you, I've, I've told the story, this conversation I had with Mark Schaefer, uh, another of the, the social media Schaefers. We're not related, by the way, but we call each other cousin in social media. And he's a prolific author who went from uh, McGraw-Hill uh, and now is self-published. And he is a, a big fan and proponent of self-publishing. So, But he already has his editor and everybody all lined up. And I don't know how long it took him to get that to be lined up, but you know that, that definitely is an option. But the beautiful thing about publishers is regardless of the option, 
the vehicle to get the word out about your book, uh, to get exposure and to begin to easily accept pre-orders without having to do any web coding, right? It's all right there. Uh, and that's really the main message I want to tell people. And, you know, I'm going to be referring a lot of people to this podcast because of all the questions I get asked. So I just want to make sure I do a brain dump of all this information <laughs> and all this advice, right, Lee? So, you know, we covered a lot. Lee, any sort of final thoughts you have on the subject? I, I think we really did cover a lot. But, um, Lee, I know at the beginning we were talking about doing, uh, like, you know, in a webinar format. And it's funny because on my blog, one of my contributors just published a blog post, why live streams are the new webinars. So uh, is there anything that you wanted me to provide a publicizer authors that you can refer them to this podcast uh, where they can sort of tap into my experience and I, and I can help them? Uh, let's take that angle to, to end our podcast. Yeah, for sure. Really great takeaway. I think the biggest question authors has is like around marketing. I mean, once authors are sold on, on a traditional publisher, like they understand the benefits of distribution and credibility. It's really like, okay, no matter what, I have to sell my book and you sold your book, you've gotten deals. I guess what's a really great takeaway for publishizer authors, seeing a successful author, sell your book, do the things that we mentioned in, in the talk, gaining some influence and yeah, landing that deal. I guess, what would you, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, I think we covered it all, but it really begins with you need to have a digital presence. You need to have a digital footprint. You need to have a website. I volunteer at my uh, my elementary school son's PTA. I'm actually on the PTA board. Uh, and uh, my role was let me help you develop a new website because your website sucks. Uh, and there's a few other things we wanted to do. We wanted to, we wanted to have our own um, uh, store where we could customize it a lot easier than the software that the, P the national PTA gave us. So, you know, I'm not a website developer by any means, but I was able to go on to Wix, WIX.com, and develop a really, really good looking website for them really, really easily. It, it does not, and it's what, you know, domain name is what, $10 a year, and monthly on Wix is like $10 a month. So you're looking at a $130 investment. You can hire someone to do it for you if you have a few hundred dollars or maybe one or two thousand dollars, but it's something you can easily do yourself. But you need to have a digital footprint and you need to start sharing content about your book or, or about what you want to write about. And you do that for a few reasons. Number one, this is the ultimate test market. Do I have content to write about? Will other people think this content is interesting? But the other thing is, if you want to build a community, you got to start somewhere. And, and obviously, you have your own friends, and you'll share it with your own personal friends on Facebook or LinkedIn connections. You'll start to get feedback. But how do people find other people to follow in social media is based on content. They do content searches. They search hashtags on Instagram. They do content searches on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Pinterest, whatever it is. So you need to seed social media with content. And ideally, you know, whether it's your content or it's curated content, we already talked about that Instagram photographer. Well, not a photographer, but a curator. So there is, there's a role that curated content plays. You need to build a channel, a platform, whatever you want to call it. You really need to get out there. And even if it's starting once a week or once a month, you need to start that process because that's going to be book sales do not happen magically. People buy from people they like, know, and trust. So this is the single most important thing you can do is establish that digital presence, web, social, if you can create a very, very simple ebook, and you know, here's a great resource for you. So uh, obviously we have Publishizer, uh, which you should all be checking out. Uh, I mentioned Wix, but the other one that I have become a big fan of is Fiverr. So with Fiverr, and we, you know, it, it used to be something that people joked about, the idea that you do a gig for $5. So, hey, I just want to record a, a, a shout out that someone said, Neil Schaefer is the greatest author in the world. So I can pay someone around the world $5, they'll record that audio and I can use it as a snippet in the podcast. That's sort of 
how Fiverr started, but now you have a lot of great service providers from around the world. You have people you know, from the US, but you have people around the world that basically for any marketing task you can think of, there is someone there that can help you. And I say that because if you wanted to just create an ebook, I have worked with someone to uh, create an ebook on Fiverr, right? So I, I gave some, I basically created a Word document. This is an image I want to use for the cover. Here's a Word document. Here's some illustrations I want to put in there. Create a good looking ebook that, that'll be in a PDF. That is something that can be done. Does not have to cost a lot of money. But once you have, it's, it's called a lead magnet in marketing terms. Once you have something that is of value to people, that people would want to download, I mean, it gives you something to promote in social media, but it also gives you the ability to begin to acquire email addresses. They don't just come, you know, from nowhere. So that's really the minimum. I know it sounds like a lot of work, and hopefully uh, if you're interested, you know, reach out to me. Uh, I'm going to be putting together a program where I'm going to help people do this. It's not necessarily geared towards authors, but towards uh, small businesses and, and marketers. But I do think that's really what, what is necessary, and that's the biggest piece of advice, that's going to be the best market for you because everybody is in social media now. And we use it for a lot of different reasons, but there are a lot of people who use social media for inspiration, for finding information, for learning, for so many different things, both personally and professionally. And that's where if you are an author, you you should be playing that role and filling that that gap, that vacuum and providing yourself. But you need to be there, right? You know, what was it Wayne Gretzky? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And one of my all-time favorite quotes, and you know, another one, Woody Allen, uh, 80% of success is showing up, right? So either you're showing up in social or you're not. And if you're not showing up, other people are being listened to and other people's books are being bought. Yeah, it, it, it's muscle memory, right? All of this is muscle memory. Writing a book is muscle memory. Building that platform, that community is muscle memory. It requires a daily commitment. You need to put together a playbook. And you spend five minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. You, I really want you to focus on your content, developing that book and, and blog content. But it, it, you know, if, if that's the investment you want to make, it's, it's a lifetime investment. And you're going to meet the most wonderful people in the world that are going to help you in ways you never thought. Yeah, that's, that's super valuable. Thanks. Thanks so much. Hey, you're, that was, that was you're very welcome. Yeah. And I, I mean, the, you know, all of our answers tend to be very long because it's, it's not a simple <laughs> All right. It's not a simple cookie cutter approach here, uh, obviously. So Lee, I want to thank you uh, once again. You've been listening to Lee Constantine and Neil Schaefer, publishizer.com. Definitely check that out. Lee, any last minute thoughts or did we cover everything that we promised our readers and ourselves we would? I think we covered a lot. We covered a lot of good stuff. So Neil, thanks so much for having me on. Super nice catching up with you. It's always, it's always super nice. So thanks so much. Hey Lee, thank you. It's been awesome. But I do hope that, you know, you, you go back and listen from the beginning. Uh, if you ever thought about writing a book or becoming an influencer or are just curious, this one hour podcast will answer all those questions. So Lee, thank you so much. Big fan of Publishizer. Can't wait to get my, my book published and, you know, get that case yes. study uh, of, of successful yes. authors that have worked yeah. with Publishizer. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan and I've supported a few of the Publishizer authors as well. So even if you don't want to write a book yet, go out to Publishizer.com, check out some of the books that are accepting pre-orders. You may find a great book or two and reach out to the authors yeah. and start a conversation because they can offer you advice as well, right, Lee? We, we didn't even cover yeah. that entire community aspect of Publishizer, but something you want to say about yeah, that? Yeah, books for pre-order all the time up at Publishizer, brand new book ideas, amazing new authors, and you find books like Neil's and tons of other influencers and people doing awesome things. So yeah, nice, nice plug, Neil. Thanks. Thanks for that. Hey, this, it's not about plugging. It's all about sharing the love and I'm a sincere, honest, true fan. So, uh, Lee, thanks again. Uh, you know, we've never met in person. Feels like I've known you like you're a, yeah. you're a brother, but, um, <laughs> hopefully at some point our paths will cross 
And everybody, I thank you for tuning in, for listening to this podcast. Uh, please feel free to any follow-up. Please feel free to reach out to either me or Lee at Publishizer. And hope this, this podcast provides you a lot of value. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of this podcast. I hope that you got something out of it. I know that it was a long interview, but to me, the time flew by really, really fast. And, you know, as I end uh, this podcast, I also just want to, you know, remind you that reviews of this podcast on Apple, on Spotify, Google, wherever you listen, really mean a lot to me and can help expose this podcast to others. So I really hope, I know it's sort of a hassle, but I really hope if you found value in this or in previous podcasts that you'll go out of your way, spend a minute and submit a review. I do want to thank those that have reviewed this podcast in the past. Tom Mork's great podcast, awesome podcast for anyone interested in digital content marketing, enjoyed Neil's unique and interesting perspective. Thank you so much, Tom. If you are to review this podcast, please make sure that you send me a screenshot, tag me on social media, what have you, so that I can give you a shout out back. All right, and finally, when you listen to this, you might be on your way to social media marketing world. You might already be at social media marketing world or it might already be done and maybe I'll see you at PodFest. But wherever uh, we have a chance to meet, please do come up to me. Let me know that you are a listener to this podcast and who knows, might be able to give you a, a special gift for doing so. So hope to meet you IRL in real life. And until the next time, make it a great social day. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.